0: What's going on, guys? UFC 273 recap from Jacksonville, Florida. Oh, if you're a capper, if you're a gambler, if you're a betting man, you know, you can't get them right all the time. You're going to have a bad event. Eventually, this one was kind of felt like it was long time coming. We've been lucky to go like six or seven straight UFCs without losing a top ticket. So like the damage that you inherit, not that bad. Not this case. Not only did we lose on the top ticket, uh, just the rest of the reads were not quite there. The 50-50 fights didn't go our way. The close decisions didn't go our way and a couple just bad spots in general. So anyways, can't hide from your losses. This one was not a good event. They were fun fights. We're going to break down what exactly went wrong, and hopefully we can polish things off and get back on to our winning ways. Julio Arche versus Daniel Santos. This one was all right. Julio Arche... If you watched anything on Daniel Santos and there wasn't a ton of tape limited is that everything he throws is just hooks. There's a whole bunch of hooks. He comes straight forward. He's not exactly the fastest guy, but he just winds up these big powerful shots. And against the Brazilian regional scene guys, yeah, he gets away with it. He can beat them. He went to Russia. He had mixed success over there, but dude large to his aggressive style. He can get a victory, but Archie, that jab, that jab, this guy's kryptonite. Archie has an excellent jab. He's got excellent footwork. He's got good enough cardio. He stays to the outside, 135 pounds. You'd think he'd be okay. Is he a little bit chinny potentially? And then he goes out and he misses weight by 5.5 pounds, right? 135 or 136.5. So, you know, he had a bad weight cut. Stick with the pick and then RSA delivered, just like the tape would suggest. He just stayed to the outside, uses his jab, uses his kicks, superior movement, superior hand speed, Beat him with the punch. You just had to matador Might I had scored 30 27 for Arce. I thought it was a very clean performance. Could see 29 28, m- maybe Santos. Won the first round, you know, maybe Wiley Cat was able to uh, land some decent shots, back him up for the most part. But I think RSA just found his rhythm, you know, played Matador to the Bull all night long, won it pretty clean. Of course, you wish you had more investment in RSA and less investment in some of these other fights coming up. But yeah, he because he missed weight by 0.5 pounds, he's coming off his first career knockout loss. His chin never looked super good. And the Santos got a bit of a wild card because he hadn't fought in two years and looks like he's got legitimate power. All those were reasons that you didn't put him higher up. Did the guy look clean? This was a good start to the night. Unfortunately, he didn't snowball positively. Pyro Rodriguez versus Kay Hansen. I have a, a, a decent amount of faith in Kay Hansen to get the job done. I think that all three uh, women MMA bouts on the card, the underdogs got a decent enough chance. Probably get it by, done done by decision. Kay Hansen, a good shot here. She got to use her wrestling. She got to get this fight to the ground. She got to be aggressive. Use her combination boxing to close that distance. And for the first round, you know, again, she's shooting the takedown. She does a pretty good job of being aggressive, staying in her face, and getting Rodriguez down to the mat. Wins the first round. I'm not thinking anything's going terrible at this point, and uh, then it starts to go bad. I mean. I don't know what it is about Kay Hansen, but if you watch pretty much all of her fights, the Jinyu Frey fight, she was down, she got an armbar, but since then, the Corey McKenna fight, she wins the first round, and then things kind of fall apart in the second and the third. You can make an argument she won the fight, but she ends up losing a close split decision, but she definitely won the first round. The Jasmine Jastavidius fight, she wins the first round, right? She takes Jasmine down, she has superior top control, she loses the second and third round. This fight was the same thing. She won the first round against Rodriguez, got her down, established a little bit of top control. And the second and third, she's just not able to do it. It's like her game is, I wouldn't say rudimentary, but kind of is. Like she's just not able to adapt and switch from one plan to the next. It's as if she went in a game plan of just kicking. That's all she'd be able to do the whole night. She wouldn't be able to have a game plan that revolves around kicking and then then mixing up your hands and mixing the takedowns. She might have good skills in every individual martial art, but her ability to blend it all together, not very good. Ring IQ... Not very good. And now the 7-6 and six pro record, I mean, she's only 22 years old. She can still be good. She can still make improvements. It just seems like she's probably better suited for a lower-level organization for the time being. Rack up some more experience, get some confidence, figure out what you need to improve on. And for Rodriguez, she's a little bit older, a little bit more mature. I believe she's 30 years old, so this was a good debut for her. She showed her resilience. Like, that's something we knew she had. She fought five rounds for the LFA title, got a fifth-round stoppage. And then on the contender series, the fight's pretty close till about a minute left. She really perseveres, pulls through, gets a takedown, and ends the fight on top. So Rodriguez is good at making those adjustments when she needs to. She's willing to bite down on her mouthpiece. She's willing to slug. She's willing to be aggressive. Her chin holds out. Her cardio checks out. Yeah, she's decent. She's going to be a problem for a lot of the girls in the division. So Solomon for Rodriguez, terrible fight for Hanson. And that's something I did to myself because Kay Hansen has not looked good in her last two fights. She has not looked good in any of her UFC fights. Even the Jin Yu Frey fight, she's arguably down two nothing at least loses the first round maybe the second round due to the fact that she's getting boxed up and just can't get the fight around and then hits an bar in the third so you forget about it the McKenna fight Tim makes a ton of mistakes I give her a pass for whatever reason the Jasmine Jesse Devedius fight when I watched that one live I remember thinking to myself never again and then here I do it again so no one to blame but myself but solid victory for Rodriguez Speaking of it to myself. Alexa Olner versus Jared Vandera. So everybody and their mother is saying don't take Jared Vandera. Not because he doesn't have a chance at winning, but because he's a bum, certified bum. His regional show career shows him getting submitted by Lamar Odom. His uh, not Lamar Odom. What was his name? Josh Odom, I think. Uh, from back in LFA, he gets submitted by Ferreira. You know, the guy's supposed to be a BJJ black belt, but whenever he gets taken down in the UFC, he gets smashed on. There's very little to like about his game. And then the Arlovsky fight, finally. Here's a fight where the guy won't just take you down and smash on you. And he still can't even win that one, right? Gets that pointed by Andre Arlovsky, rightfully so. Orlovsky did, did win that fight. So what do you do with Jared Vandera? What do I do? I use him one more time. I use him one more time, and I use him fairly high up. like Not because of just some supreme confidence, but this card fell off rapidly. Like Everybody liked the top three plays, which not even that worked. But everybody was kind of agreeing at the top of it. It's At the bottom of it, there was all these just sneaky plays both sides. This is a 50-50, middling heavyweight fight. But Alexey Olenek's 44, and he's giving up 20 to 30 pounds. Hey, what's he going to do, take him down and scarf hold him? Well, I'll be damned. And it wasn't like, no way could this happen. It was one of those things very similar to Paul Craig, right? When Paul Craig fights, it's like, yeah, I guess he... Could hit a triangle, but more often than not, he's going to get punched out here. Uh, What he's doing, he's getting punched out. You know, Even Nikita Krylov's got the guy half unconscious there, wakes back up and hits a triangle choke. It's like, holy crap, he did it again. And I'm always the losing end of this stuff. Just don't believe in it enough. Can't happen again, right? Alexi Olenek's going to hit one more scarf hold for old time's sake, right? Jerry Vandera, bum stuff, bum stuff. You knew he was going to try to take you down. Which I guess your wrestling defense is just not good enough to keep the fight upright. But when you have those little opportunities to maybe just get up, you know, or create some distance and stand back up, that's what you need to do. He's got one round of cardio. He's gonna come really hard at you for that one round. He's gonna be crafty for that one round, and then he's expected to fade off. Doesn't all of his fights? But he's very. He tries to take his back, or I guess he does take a roll in his back. It's like, why are you engaging in these these you know grappling exchanges with them? And a short time thereafter, Alexia Olenek uh, takes the win. And he should have taken Vander's black belt right there. Pfft. This is not for you, pal. <laughs> not for you, pal. So Vander is very likely released from the organization. Uh, Alexia Olenek, I don't even know if he wants to keep fighting on. It seems like he wants to keep fighting on. You owe him fights after that. But, like, God damn. Like, who do you match him up with? I don't know. But there's apparently still winnable fights for him out there. So <sighs> that one hurts extra. I got a shooey bet with Paul course lost some funds on it and even like my buddy ariel and stuff like i had a few good people reach out to me being like nah you probably shouldn't go on vandra dude like alexei olnik sneaky and they even all said the same thing scarfold scarfold neck crank so when it was a scarfold neck crank i almost wish it was a rear naked because he fished for the rear naked (laughs) i almost wish it was that because not only could they tell me i told you so it was like a, a double I told you so. So that was stung. Mike Malone versus Mickey Gall. Here's another spot that I've screwed up in, in that, you know, you like Mike Malone. You don't necessarily agree with the line. He hasn't fought beyond the first round in seven years, and he has not looked good going beyond the first round. You only just seen it the one time in the Thomas Deang fight. And it's a very long time ago. So you got to go with a lot of narrative, you know? Yeah, he's probably still the supremely talented guy that he was supposed to be. Yeah, the move up to 170 pounds from 145, jumped up two weight classes, right? The move to 170 probably helps him out. Now I'm going to cut all that weight, and he's probably healthier. I don't know. It's a lot of probably. It's a lot of ifs, ands, or buts. So he ends up being the play. Can't go against my guy, Mike Malott, representing Canada. But, yeah, the way he made it look, you know, this guy, he's always been – was, he was always supposed to be that next big guy from Canada. He has the skills. Everybody that's ever trained with him just raves about his talent. The guy can wrestle. The guy can grapple. He's excellent jiu-jitsu. He's got great striking technique. He's smart. He's got good ring IQ. He paces himself well, even though you don't see him fight professionally beyond a round. You know, as far as rounds in the gym goes, you know, the guy can do it all. Proper Mike Milan, give a name given into him. He used to be the main attraction, but... Uh, uh, uriah Faber gives the name proper michael Long, coach at alpha male you know does does a good job resurrecting his career in martial arts without actually fighting but the guy's still got the goods and mickey gall at this point is 30 years old has 10 ufc fights has fought in a decent level of competition in the ufc and at no point does somebody just walk in there and knock him out in the first round violently like that uh, he's at sanford mma now you know he's getting good rounds he's got ian Gary on the car these guys are all ready to go It's still good stuff from Mike Malone. His striking is good, and that was not even his best path to victory. Like, his grappling is where it's at. Wrestling, okay. Canadians, we don't have great wrestling, but all the time at Alpha Male has given him solid enough wrestling. And his grappling, top-notch. But the striking's still there. And whereas I was a little bit deep down concerned, maybe he doesn't have that same punch resistance. Like, you've never really seen him get hit. The few times that he has, Hakeem knocked him out. He got rocked by Solomon Renfro. Like, Maybe you can get him, but Mickey Gall's just not the guy. Mickey Gall never really developed, I don't think. I give him props though. He's out the whole way down, and then he's awake again. It was crazy. It's crazy how a guy can just like wake up and be with it. But this one showed his limitations, right? Like you're not you're not a good wrestler. You're not a good striker. You're not particularly great at jiu-jitsu, even though that's your foundational base. You're not beating the experienced guys in the division. You're not beating these newcomers in the division. And as Manpreet and I spoke about on the prop show, uh, Mickey Gall's got a base of like 52000 and 52000 If he wins a fight in the UFC, makes 104000 which, you know, the guy's definitely worth it. But in the grand scheme of things, Mike Mullot's making 10000 and 10000 The UFC's not going to keep a guy like Mickey Gall around. They tried, but he's, all of his wins are over guys that I believe are now released from the promotion. And all of his losses are not even to like high end guys, you know. Mike Mike Perry, Diego Sanchez, uh, Mike Molot could be high end, but the fact that that's his UFC debut and he stops you in the first round pr- probably a more than a big setback for one Mickey Gall. But great to see the Canadian Mike Molot roll on. And if anybody deserves it, definitely him. Raquel Pennington versus Aspen Ladd, my baby Aspen Lad. So we didn't get the first underdog shot on the women's MMA fight. Sure, Kay Hansen fights a terrible ring IQ plan, but. Aspen, Aspen no, okay, she's our dog number two. (sighs) Hopefully she just fights with a proper game plan. And Raquel Pennington, she's rugged. She's good in the clinch. She's a decent enough striker. Like, I can't say she's any, you know, outstanding in one area. But she's tough, and she's scrappy, and she's physical, and she does well. The first two rounds, I don't know what Aspen Ladin's thinking. Like She just lets the rounds slip away from her. She falls into an 0-2 pocket. I think it's pretty clear to everybody that it's 0-2. Aspen lad seems to think it's 1-1 maybe like I don't know what she's thinking goes out in the third round wins the third round right good third round four even though didn't do a whole much she, like mostly just clung on to her couldn't really take her down landed a little bit of strikes but it wasn't like it was a great third round it was just finally the first round that she had won and then she's like all happy happy with it walks over to her corner nods her head like yeah yeah I'm good with that they announced the decision and she's shocked but like I don't know what to say. Like, she's my baby in the sense that, like, I like me some Aspen Ladd. It's not as if I just bank a whole bunch of money on her. I'm betting her. I'm blindly just betting Aspen Ladd. I just thought, as an underdog this week, she had a legitimate chance. I thought she could have put together a proper game plan and gotten the job done back at 135, made the weight, looked like she was in decent enough shape. Just again, you know, just didn't didn't pull the trigger in some certain spots. And I can't take anything away from Raquel Pennington. I think this is a four-fight winning streak for her now. This is probably the best win in that four fights. So, uh, you know, a legitimate one. And she's tough, man. She just keeps herself in the conversation all the time, right? She's going to give you three rounds. She's tough. If you got an upcoming prospect that needs some ring time, she's the perfect person for it. If you need a contender that needs a bounce back, she's the perfect person for it. And she keeps stringing these wins together. You know, she's inevitably going to get her back into some type of meaningful contention match. But it's stuff for her to keep it going. And then for Ladd, I just don't know what you do with her. Like, at one point, she was uh, just a legitimate prospect. Super young, great style. And weight-cutting issues have kind of always been maybe a bit of a problem for, but the last three or four fights, like it's the wheels are starting to fall off and you can make excuses. the Jermaine Durand fight that adds a bad weight cut. You try to make excuses for another spots in here and there, but either Dorma Dumont fight. You're moving up a weight class and it got changed to a five rounds and this and that, but against this Pennington fight, it's like, this is, was a winnable fight for her that she just, she just didn't do what she needed to do. So yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. At this point, I'm already getting killed on the card. So it's just like another, another disappointment, but, uh, I, in my mind it's like i got i got peter Jan, volkanovsky and chemayev coming up so like this other stuff you know it sucks not a very good card so far but yeah yeah there's bigger stuff hopefully coming right anthony hernandez versus josh frem josh frem was another dog spot i thought had a legitimate chance plus 160 he trains at colorado you know he's an altitude guy has good enough cardio fought for lfa a number of times and Seems like his striking's okay, his wrestling's okay, his grappling's okay. Everything he does is all right. He's got that one notable loss to Gregory Rodriguez, where he gets absolutely knocked out. But even then, he was like a minus two seventy favorite of the guy going in. Like oddsmakers liked him, you know. Uh, people liked him. He just had that one setback. Since then, you know, straightened up the ship, got two wins, making his UFC debut on short notice. But again, plus one sixty, I think he's going to have a chance. Hernandez just fought. Way better. Way better than I anticipated he would. When I mean, people made a joke, they're like, oh, he's like middleweight Cain Velasquez. And I thought it was because of the resemblance. But he fought like a middleweight Cain Velasquez. He was relentless. He just kept going hard for these takedowns. We'd get them, take the back, look for the guillotine choke, control them every step of the way. Fram's a big boy. You saw that at the weigh-ins. Like he was noticeably bigger. And he's just getting muscled around by Hernandez fairly easily now i thought he did an excellent job of escaping all the guillotine chokes in the first round i thought he did an excellent job of getting back up but at no point did it look to me like hernandez was slowing down unbelievable second round hernandez comes out fresh as a daisy takes him back down and proceeds to beat the crap out of him <clears throat> this round's a little more interesting because as he's beating the crap out of him he tries one of these top side guillotine chokes again gives up a bad position frums up, ends up on top Friend basically secures the takedown, ends up on top, ends up in like side control. And then he lands a little bit of ground and pound. Maybe gets like a minute and a half of top control. The fight gets back up. He lands a series of decent strikes. You might be inclined to give him that round. As somebody who had Fram, mind you, everything I had Fram on, all those things, they're all dead. But I still want to get some wins here. I don't want to be the bozo who gets killed on half the card, which I end up getting killed on half the card. You still want your read to be proper here, right? So it's like, all right, friend, this is a better round for you. I think you may have won that round, but to be honest, I scored it for Hernandez just because he he had dominated the first like three minutes. He had like big ground and pound. He had a couple decent submission attempts. Frem ended up on top. He landed some decent strikes when they got back standing. It just wasn't enough for me. So now we need a frem finish, and it finally looks to me like Hernandez might be tiring a little bit. They come out in the third round, and Hernandez just. Keeps doing what he's got to do. Like, Frem had some moments, he landed some decent strikes. The guy fought off every takedown for a guy that had a wrestling base. His takedown defense is terrible, but to be honest, his scrambles were good. His defensive grappling was good. His ability to get back up momentarily was good. And then Hernandez would just take him back down, rinse and repeat. Um, maybe I didn't do my full due diligence on this, is I was big on from transit altitude, and that when it got to those later rounds, even though he's on short notice he would be able to pull through over Fluffy Hernandez, who almost all of his fights are early finishes, right? So what his gas tank really looked like. He was actually trained at elevation as well. He's been in Colorado. So Cardio checked out. He fought a sound game plan. He grinded it up. He got the win. You know, can't take anything away from there. Ian Gary versus Darian Weeks. Gary, beginning of the week, don't want no part of it. As the week goes by, it's like, ah, this is not the spot to fade him. He ends up being the fourth most confident guy. He was on the top ticket, first guy on the top, on the second ticket, sorry. First guy in the second ticket, so we got him as like our fourth most confident play on the card, and he's like the fourth biggest favorite on the card, so he should go out there. The UFC's made him the feature prelim for a reason; they like this kid. He's good looking, he's good on the mic, he's got a flashy enough style. He's still only twenty four years old. They want to build him up, and Weeks is just the lamb being fed to the slaughter. But. Again, I mean, for a lot of people that thought, don't count weeks out, he could pull this one off. He didn't, but I think he presented all of the issues that people thought he would. Like, Gary might be a good prospect, but he's not some ultra prospect, at least not now. He's not super refined right now. He's not going to be a contender right now. It doesn't mean he can't grow into that because, again, he's so young. But uh, this was good. It was good for him to go out there and, and get three hard rounds in where he mostly can – I thought he mostly dictated all the action. Weeks had a couple spots here and there. He pressed him up against the cage. He fished for a couple takedowns. He landed a couple shots, but just the volume wasn't there. The aggression wasn't there. The takedowns obviously weren't there, and through that, no top control, not enough to to swing any of the rounds in his favor for the most part. But I I don't think I was, like, super impressed with Gary. Again, Young, you know, could get better, but they're going to have to feed him half a dozen more guys like this so that he can really get that building into him. Otherwise, I think he's going to run into his limits fairly quickly but it's up to the UFC's match the fact that he's already the featured prelim over a lot of some of these other notable names Alexa Olnick's on the card like why isn't a guy like that featured prelim right the fact that they're already promoting Gary he's undefeated they're pushing that narrative like he'll probably they'll probably feed him to the wolves a little bit too soon um and we'll see how he reacts when he faces those situations but this was a a good win not a great win. Mark Mattson versus Vince Bichelle so on a night where pretty much nothing's going right at uh, you got a feeling that maybe Paul's legendary streak could be in jeopardy. But we're riding out with Vince Bichelle. I mean, I, I, I think he's going to win the fight, right? Even going back, I don't think any of the reads were particularly wrong. I knew he'd get taken down. and knew he'd lose the first round. It was all about if Madsen was going to tire out, Bichelle could work his way back into it. And I think Madsen did what he had to do to win a prize fight, right? A 15-minute, three-round, 10-point must system he did enough to win that, but in like my heart, I don't really know if he won like the fight, right? Because the first round, Madsen again, he's got the takedowns. Vince Bischel is taking his time; he's a little bit slow in that first round. I think he's trying to find like his distance, trying to find his timing, but he's not overly committing to anything. Not a very good first round; he gives up a couple takedowns. That's a Mark Madsen round. I'm not disagreeing with that. Going into the second round, looks like Pichelle's starting to. Find his rhythm a little bit. I think he does a better job of stuffing some of those Madsen takedowns. He backs him up. He lends some good shots. Madsen does take him down. You got you got Vince Michelle looking for submission attempts, looking for sweeps, looking to get back up. I thought I thought Matson's striking wasn't very good in that second. I thought he was fatiguing in that second. I thought Vince did a good job of taking over on a personal level. I scored the second round for Vince Michelle. I think two of the scorecards afterwards ended up being three twenty seven. So two of the judges didn't agree anyways. But I thought at that point momentum's going in Piché's favor. But then Madsen's corner comes up with the winning advice, which is like, just take him down, man. Like, well, why, why are you sticking with this guy? He's backing you up. He's going into junkyard dog mode, where he'll take one punch to give one back. He's backing you up. He's throwing a nasty, heavy kick to the body. Even the low kicks were starting to add up for Vince Piché. Like he's having a lot of success in that second round, in my opinion. Just take him down. So third round, that's exactly what Madsen does. Here's why I thought. My opinion, Vince Michelle won the fight, but not, not the game. But the fight, it's one one. My opinion, which apparently it wasn't. But in the third round, like you get taken down, I get it, and he got taken down, and Madsen did nothing with the takedown. He held him down for three and a half minutes, four minutes, right? So that that's what won him the round. I get that. I get that. But there's no ground and pound. There's no submission attempts, and Michelle the entire time is working. He's landing short little elbows. He's landing short little punches. He's attempting to free himself to go for a submission. He's trying to go for a triangle choke. He's trying to isolate an arm. He's trying to fish for a leg lock. He's trying to do everything he can. And Madsen is just holding him down, dude. He's just clinging on to him. The ref didn't stand him up, which I think he could have. The fans start to boo. Madsen does exactly what he has to do to get his hand raised and get his bonus money, which is completely fair. Never hold that against an athlete. Never hold that against a fighter. I get it. I get it. But it was like Vince was the guy working, trying to fight, trying to do the damn thing. And I think Madsen was, you know, knew, yeah, it's 1-1. I need to hold it. Even his corner was just like, it's 1-1. It might be 2 nothing for him. <laughs> like his corner is trying to get him animated. Like, dude, you need to do something. Got the takedown. And then, again, if you watch it, I don't know how many ground and pound strikes he landed in that third round, but just almost nothing. And for Vince, it's never going to look good when you're on your back, right? I mean, you're throwing up short little elbows. You're throwing up short little punches. You're throwing up a couple submission attempts, which he's evading. You're not going to get the nod on the judges' scorecard. So if they didn't give it to him, they give it to Mark Madsen. I wouldn't complain about it. You know, fair enough decision. Uh, but I don't think Mark Madsen has a super far ceiling, super high ceiling, super far career. Like, I, I don't know. Striking is very limited. His grappling his wrestling is just super top-notch and i shouldn't say he doesn't have a, a high ceiling Like he's obviously a freak athlete he's obviously a world-class wrestler he can get these takedowns and if he works on his top control he can have more boring ass fights where he just takes the guy down and lays and preys on him uh but for 39 vince Michelle, like this is a big setback it's a big setback only because it snaps your win streak it does show that his limit he has some limitations and he did look a little tired like classic Vince Michelle just rolls through it, but at 39 fights once a year is had a decade long career in the UFC. M- maybe he was slowing down and that little bit of regression was enough for Madsen to go out there and get the victory. So <clears throat> listen, if you're Madsen, you, you just keep the, the game going, right? You're 12 and 0. Now you, you got a victory. You're on the main card of a UFC pay-per-view, a big UFC pay-per-view. This is all good for business. And I'm sure that there's a lot more intriguing fights for him. And I'm sure there's a lot more fights that he could win. I just, I, I I don't know that he's going to break into the top ten any meaningfully, anyways. And then yeah, tough setback for Michelle Mackenzie Dern versus Tisha Torres. Tisha Torres, dog number three in these women's MMA match. Yeah, we know it's going to decision, just like the other two. But we're going to be on the winning side of this one at the very least. Tisha Torres, just way more experience, better striker, keep the fight standing, have the volume. Mackenzie Dern can't wrestle, right? Right. Anyways, I I, I thought Tisha Torres won the first round. Like, Mackenzie Durham was being aggressive. She was coming forward. She landed some good leg kicks. She was throwing the overhand right. Her striking looked good to me. But I just thought the punch selection was in Tisha Torres's favor. I just thought she landed the better, cleaner, more significant strikes. And uh, in my mind, not that it matters, I, I thought Tisha Torres won the first round. Second round, Tisha's probably going to just do the for Mackenzie Dern, more or less just pulls guard and grabs a hold of that arm and starts cranking it right away. This girl's very strong. She's very smooth. You can see how she can just transition from a kimura to an arm bar to a leg lock. And everything is just tied to her game really nicely. Her wrestling's not good enough to get the fight to the ground. But the ability to just pull a guard and ensnare your opponent, Tisha can't land ground and pound because she's fighting off these submissions, right? So the entire time, she's just defending doesn't matter that you're on top. You're just defending the entire time. They're not going to score for you. And the difference between Vince Bichelle and Mackenzie Dern, it's not like he's deep on any submission attempt and and Madsen's got to fight thing for three minutes. Dern looked like this thing's locked up. And a couple times it looked like Torres had to give up position to ensure that she wasn't going to get submitted. And People are gasping and thinking, oh, this is it. But credit to teacher Torres, she's never been finished as an amateur. She's never been finished as a professional. She's extremely durable. She's trained at a world-class level for a very long time. She fought her way out of it, right? So, so again, in my opinion, it's one one. I'm thinking Mackenzie Dern's just going to do the exact same thing. I'm thinking if you know that you can just walk up, jump on somebody, like bear hug them, throw up your legs and just be in guard, and they have no option, they can't slam you down because then they're in your guard, and that's what you want, right? And they can't just stand there because they're bearing all of your weight standing up, and you can just latch onto something and attack it. Like Dern's just going to do that again, but. Torres fought the, the way I wanted her to fight the entire the entirety of it, right? She just backpedaled and used her superior hand speed and footwork and just darted in and out, landed the better shots, used that sidekick to keep Duran off of her, and fought a clean third round, won the third round. I would score the fight 29-28 for Tisha Torres, 1-3. and But again, it's a really close fight, so I wouldn't scream robbery either way, but at least give me a little bit of good luck on this card. At least give me, like, one bounce. Give me one bounce on this card. No, no, no. It wasn't meant to be Mackenzie Darren split decision. Again, fair enough. <laughs> I'm not going to complain about it. I did score for Tisha, but it wasn't like the first round it was so clear that we're upset about this. Women's MMA, going to get you. Wrong with Pat Mayo's theory, just blindly betting the underdogs. And I can tell you, it went 0-3. Did not work this time around, but...
1: The NBA playoffs mean next-level basketball. Get ready for all the action by betting the play-in tournament with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You clinch a win no matter what. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on NBA hoops with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Plus, for each day of the play-in, get a risk-free bet up to $10 if your same game parlay does not hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code DOP, bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the play-in tournament, and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code DOP at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. But now we've
0: got the last three fights, the three meaningful fights. Preserve my top ticket here. Get me out of this thing alive. Take a shower because it's just been the greasiest of the grease here. And we'll Cosmo Chimaev versus Gilbert Burns. Let's start this off. Chimaev, right? This is easy enough. Six to one, seven to one favorite. Everybody loves the guy. I do have a bad feeling about it, not because. I think Burns is anything special, but just because why do we love Chumayev so much? Is it the personality? You know, is it the quick wins? Like, 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 what if he did get punched in the face? What if he did have to fight a few rounds? What if what if something did go wrong? You know, and this Darren Tilting, everyone's like, oh, he's chilling with Darren Till. Darren Till's bad news, man. Scouser, bad news, bad news. This guy goes in, they're partying, and there's always these reports of they fought some taxi guy, and they got arrested in Spain, and they did some stupid stuff they're hooligans right right they like to have a pint they like to do some stupid shit jamaia falling in with them like is he is this world is this george J. Pierre? i want to be the best guy in the world because george is super strict like everything was just very professional habib Nurmagomedov is very very strict very strict everything's super professional and a guy like uzman john jones can get away with it because he's just so goddamn good but he had the peds as well i'm sure that didn't hurt as well but Chamayev is like, I don't know, man. Is he taking it as seriously as he needs to take it seriously? Well, even if he doesn't I have faith in Gilbert Burns, so let's get this thing going. First round starts, and okay, all right. Chimaev shoots the takedown. He obviously doesn't care about Burns' grappling, but Burns' takedown defense looked pretty solid. He did an excellent job of making Chimaev work for it. Even when, when Kamzak got the fight to the ground, like Burns just pops up right back uh, right away. And then he does an excellent job of getting his leg kicks going, getting his jab going, starting to time the right hands. Kamzat's striking is not very good, but his pressure is excellent, and his power is pretty good. So he can be a little bit sloppy, but he just gets in your face, and then what? You're going to try to count, you're going to throw something back, and he's just going to close the distance and club you with something. Maybe it's not the cleanest technique, but this clubbing, you'll get away with it when you got power. Power, pressure, cardio, keep on the guy. I didn't think he was winning necessarily the first round till he drops him, and he drops him with a jab. And at this point, I'm feeling a little bit cocky because it's like, ah, there you go. Burns getting dropped by a jab again. I told you this guy wasn't for real. Dropped by the jab against Uzman. He starts fast. We all know what he did in this fight. And and now he's just going to accept this ground position and probably get TKO'd. Shamaya falls into the ground. He splits his head open with an elbow. And Gilbert Burns, you know, he gets his guard back. You know, he ties him up. He saves himself and ends the first round. You're feeling good about it. But Burns had a lot of good spots in that first round, still, and I think at every everybody at this point, just one round in, realizes, Chimaev's good, but perhaps not great. Like he's been talking about how he's going to fight Usman and Leon Edwards in the same night, but now now I'm not. I'm thinking not not happening. Right beforehand, oh geez, maybe this, he's fight, talking about fighting Israel Adesanya up a weight class, and before the fight, you're thinking like, dude, this guy's. But but now I'm thinking. Mm, Mm, this guy's good, but perhaps not great. Colby Covington, at least from what I saw last night from Chamayev, I think Colby beats him, right? Colby showed better wrestling, better striking, better pace, better volume, better everything, really. Anyways, it doesn't matter. I think after one single round, even though Chemayev just dropped Burns and split his head open with a fat elbow, it's like maybe maybe this guy's a little bit limited. And then in the second round, yeah, much of the same. See, his problem was for a guy that's – You know, relies on giving a little bit of technique away to just be that forward pressure guy, his volume wasn't quite there. He'd have these lulls of inactivity where he might not throw a strike for a minute. And for Burns, it was allowing Burns to just catch a breath and then throw a couple strikes. When Chemiah would eventually say, okay, I got to put hands on this guy, he'd move forward, he'd throw a three, four punch combination, and Burns every time would wait for the third or fourth punch to end and then counter back hard, counter back hard. So he splits him in the second round with one of those hard counters. It's a right hand, kind of wobbles Chamayov. Chamaev falls to the ground. Burns actually tries to soccer kick him in the face. would have been an illegal technique, but it missed, doesn't matter. We got to give credit to Burns. Like he looked tired in the second round, but he sat down on his punches and he outworked him. So yeah, I think Gilbert Burns wins the second round. Now we got a 1-1. Now you're really not feeling particularly good about Chamaev. But Burns is gas, and Tchamayev looks like he's in good shape. Could he have gone hard for five? Well, I don't, I don't, I don't know. But he was ready to go hard for three. The guy's talked a lot of shit. He's talked a, a big game. It's time to back it up. And his cornerman, whoever it was, they want a translator. I want a translator too. That guy wasn't playing, dude. He was like, "You need to go in there, and you need to get the job done." Chimayev did what he had new goes in the third round it's a banger of a fight this is a very very good fight Paul Feldez said it was the best fight he ever commentated I don't know if I'd go that far but I I also don't know all the fights that Paul has commentated on personally so if that's the way he feels and could be but I think it was more so you had a guy that was billed as unbeatable undestructible just a total savage monster and he looked superhuman right so was the was the fight good it was great it was excellent it's an excellent fight Was it one of the best fights you've ever seen? Well, I think part of that was because of the story, because there was some great storyline here. And for Burns, I mean, he did an excellent job. I had this guy half-written off. He's getting a little bit older. He doesn't wear a punch particularly well. His wrestling is not good enough to get this fight to the ground. So what's he going to do? Striking looked good. His cardio looked solid. The guy's heart was on display, and his face got beat up pretty good. Again, excellent fight. Chamaev's stock goes up. Goes up because this is a legitimate win. And now you can see he can go 15 minutes. So this is all good. Ring experience. Not not a bad thing. And I think he realized when you see him at the conference, I think he realized, you know, I didn't really take this all that seriously. I just thought I was going to smash this guy. I thought I was going to fight Usman and Leon Edwards in the same night and then move up and fight Israel Adesanya at 185 pounds. Like this guy's think he's overthinking it. He's thinking a little too far ahead, maybe. And I think even though uh, he gets the win here, it's still humbling. It's still a humbling experience. So, This should be good for Shmaev in the long run, getting a good performance like that. And for Burns, yeah, I mean, pay the guy his money. Dana said he was going to give the guy his win bonus. Still totally agree. Like he went out there and put it all on the line. And there's a lot more interesting fights for him at 170 pounds. He's obviously willing to fight anybody. And he's probably equipped to give anybody a tough fight. He's got world-class striking. He's got world-class grappling. His wrestling still needs to be improved on. And in a five-round fight, I don't think his cardio is going to hold up. Really, I don't think it was. But... This is a three-round fight. The guy's got heart for three rounds, and that'll carry him more often than not. So, yeah, a good promising future still ahead for Gilbert Burns, and I think a good promising future for Kamzat Chamayev. But, uh, yeah, we need three key guys on this parlay to get us out of this night alive, and Chamayev made it a very greasy one. So, grease just to start out. Aljaze Sterling versus Peter (sighs) Yan. Again, I think I knew this one was going to be closer. On the preview show with Paul, I mentioned that I didn't want to put Jan on the top ticket. Here's the issue. Who else do you put on the top ticket? Like I could have gone Volkanovsky Chamaev uh, Ian Gary, but did you want Ian Gary on a top ticket? Like I, I I didn't. So so in hindsight, high insight, I know, I know. In high insight, it should have been Volkanovsky, Chemaev, Mike Malott. I thought Mike Malott might get clipped. Vanderai had way too high up. I knew I couldn't put him on a top ticket, but like there was nobody else. So I I had to bite the bullet and put Peter Yacht on the top ticket with the other two big favorites. Again, I think he's gonna win. I just I I, I thought the fight was gonna be a little bit greasier, a little bit tighter. And I, I had mentioned that Aljamain Sterling could win this fight if he makes it real boring, right? Don't engage this guy, don't have a war, don't have some 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 crazy grueling affair where you're shooting multiple takedowns and you got a strike in the pocket and you're moving, you're throwing head kicks and you know, like the first fight, throwing all those strikes in the first round, just that that jab being on display over and over, that's time. But if Aljamain fought a smart game plan where he basically half ran away and just took his time and exposed him in spots, he could win like a tight decision. Uh, shout out to Clay because he hit me up with this like prop and it was, uh, Aljamain Sterling by split or majority or a draw. It was like plus twenty eight hundred, right? So it was like, oh shit, you know, if Aljo wins, it's probably not going to be clear cut but he's going to have to fight the proper game plan. And that, that's what he did. So obviously the debate is whether Aljamain won or whether you think Sterling Well, obviously Sterling won the fight, but whether you think Jan won or Sterling won. But there's a lot of ways to look at it. So the first round is the one that's in debate, right? Because the rest of the rounds are a little clear. But the first round, you got Aljamain Sterling outstriking him by the numbers. And then you got Jan, I thought, landing the better shots. Like Jan was backing him up. I get that's part of the game plan is you're not just going to stand in the middle of the ring with this guy. You're going to have to move. So obviously Sterling can be on his back foot. But whenever he lands something, it's just like a quick little, quick little jab, a quick little leg kick. It's something up the middle really quick so that he can get out of dodge. Whereas, like, Jan's the guy that's backing him up. Jan stuffed all of his takedowns, which I think you have to score towards Jan. Okay. He's, he's he's takedown defense has got to score you something when you score the, when you stop something, right? And then he's landing the better strikes. He's backing him up. So, as far as I'm concerned, he's got the pressure. He's got the better strikes landed and he stuffed the takedown. So, it would be his round. It's just like by no means a runaway round. But if you want to score for Aljo, well, he outlanded him like nineteen to eleven in the first round, so he doubled him up essentially in the striking numbers and fought a really smart game plan. You can score the fight the the round either way. Second round though, Aljo dominates him. Like he got his back right away as soon as he got it, put his body triangle in, and nothing really happens for say. The first 90 seconds, like it's not or three and a half minutes, sorry, not 90 seconds, three and a half minutes, nothing really happens. I think it's very much just a 10-9 Aljamain Al- 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 Sterling round, but that last like 90 seconds, maybe even two minutes, like Alger put it on him, man. He was beating him up. He's fishing for a couple deep submission attempts. Now he's been on your back for four and a half minutes, full control, right? You've done Absolutely nothing to get out of this position. He's landed some really nice ground and pound. He's like quadrupled times five. You uh, Sterling's got like it's like 26 to four or 23 to four or something in the striking numbers for the round and the submission attempts. Is that not a 10 8 round? Is that not a 10 8 round for Aljamain Sterling? But, but, but again, I say no. Because it's a championship fight. Like, uh, I, I get when you beat up some scrub, he's taking a beating. Sure, it's a 10 8 round. And in, in, in this spot, it's like Sterling has not almost finished Jan. Jan is not hurt. Jan is not phased. Jan is not almost a submitted unconscious. You took his back. You won the round. But I, I wouldn't be inclined to say that it was near finish. No near finish. No uh, damage. Wasn't like his head split open and there's blood everywhere and he's looking for a way out. Not a 10 8 round, right? Dominant round. Oh, but not a 10-8 round. So so I got a 1-1. Apparently it's 2-0 Sterling, but I got a 1-1. Third round, it's much of the same list. Uh, Jan starts off well, and his corner had explicitly told him between rounds, like, don't give up your back in these scrambles. But again, his problem was he was so programmed that as soon as Sterling shoots the takedown, stuff. You know, you go to wrestle mode, go to wrestle mode, go to wrestle mode. And if you do get taken down, up right away up right away and the quickest way to get back up oftentimes involves giving up your back and sterling is just way too smooth way too slick the second he would see that back he was, he's got long limbs right long legs he's a flexible guy he would just be able to put one hook in, put one hook and put the other as soon as he's got two hooks it's a transition to a body triangle and as everybody knows once that body triangle's in you're not likely going anywhere so the, the third round's not nearly as dominant right I, i'm actually pretty sure pierre Yan outstruck sterling in the third round like to or something stupid, but it's another three and a half minutes of Sterling on your back, so very clearly 10-8. This thing's 2-1 for Sterling in my books, but there is that argument certainly that it's 3-0 Sterling. So I need to finish out of Peter Young, okay? I think he can win fourth and fifth round and get given the decision. That's what I believe, but nah, we don't want it to go to that. We need to finish it. We need to go out there and put pressure. At the very least, he might have got a 10-8. We need to get a 10-8 back. So, fourth round, he stops a takedown. He starts to land some strikes. Lands a nice little left hand. He throws a knee, legal knee, right up the gut, right up the middle. That misses Sterling's face by like an inch, maybe a half an inch. Would have knocked him cold. He's putting on the pressure. He's landing some kicks. He's backing him up. He's having his way. He hurts his leg. He shoots a takedown. Shoots a takedown on Sterling. Kind of gets it, right? Got Sterling on all fours. And he's wrestling. And And I can't quite figure it out he must think he won the first round must because you've got this guy hurt standing you're a far better striker than him and now you're going to kill a minute and a half two minutes off the clock by just and and, and sterling brilliant brilliant you just trap the hands just two on one if you have to but if not he would just trap both hands and hold and wait and kill time off the clock because he's up three nothing he he knows it i guess his corner knows it just survive And Jan, who's beating him up fairly clean standing, opts to engage in the strike or in the grappling. Bad move, but we still got one more round. One more round comes out. Sterling or Jan, same stuff. He's backing him up. He's landing the strikes. He's hurting him. He does an excellent job. He smacks him with a beautiful leg kick. Sterling falls to the ground. Jan engages him in the grappling. And what does Sterling do? He just goes to a neutral position, holds on, kills the clock. I think it was bum move by Peter Jan to not just back up. Don't follow him to the ground. You're not going to TKO him. You're not going to submit him on the ground. It's clean. He's grappling. And he's just he's just neutralizing you. He's just holding on, killing the clock. You need to just back up and stay standing and then bum rush him with three or four punches and back up, throw knees, throw kicks, throw strikes. You need to brutalize him and search for a finish or a 10-8 round. But now he was content. He was content on just winning the fourth round and winning the fifth round because he thought he won the first, but he didn't, and the judges gave it to Aljamain Sterling. And, uh, well, I I scored it 3-2 Peter Yan with an argument that Sterling could have won a 10-8 second round, which would make it a draw. And I see the fight could be a draw, and I see it could be scored for Sterling because of that first round. So I'm not going to scream robbery. It hurt. That hurt. Hurt loss because it's just been a bad card for me at this point. But now your top take is burnt. You got a couple wins, but who cares about those, man? You got crushed. And this was just like insult to injury. You know, we didn't get the other split decision with McKenzie during a fight that I I thought Tisha Torres had won. We didn't get that bounce. We didn't get this bounce. The difference is this one obviously was high stakes, meant a lot more. And it is what it is. Uh, I can't discredit Aljamain Sterling. He'd be the least popular UFC champion of all times at this point because the first fight with Jan, no one thinks he's won. They, Jan was going to win the fight and they had an illegal knee. Maybe he wanted out. Maybe he was actually blasted by a dirty illegal knee on the ground. <laughs> Who knows? But people were already mad about that. And then this fight, Right. Aljo didn't fight all that entertaining. Like He fought a very smart game plan, but it revolved around clinging onto the guy's back for 10 minutes, which is smart, and then kind of just trying to matador him a little bit standing and moving around, which is also smart. I don't think he made any new fans with some great performance. If he did lose the first round, he lost the fourth and the fifth. You never want to be a champion who got your ass beat for the last 10 minutes of the fight and you won? How'd you win? Well, I got my ass beat the last two rounds, but I banked up the first 15 minutes like, dude, if this is pride and everybody loves pride, they score it as one whole fight and one whole fight. If this was high school, like we'd always watch a fight behind the bike rack, go back to class. Right. You wouldn't be like, dude, I think John won because, you know, he was beating him that first couple minutes. It'd be like, yeah. And then and then Howie beat the crap out of him for the last few minutes. They weren't fighting for 25 minutes. so I'm trying to kill the time frame here. Right. But you you it's how you finish it's how you finish unfortunately point-based system i get that point-based system suggests that aljamein sterling probably did enough to win the points battle and uh so i can't scream robley and i can't get too upset about it right uh i knew it was going to be a close fight but i, I rostered yon and i'm not ashamed of rostering yon i think pound for pound is one of the best guys but ring iq is so unbelievably underrated and with aljermaine sterling training with uh, ray longo and matt sarah some of the best coaches in the game they put together the proper game plan what i'd like to see now is i actually like to see aljermaine sterling fight tj dillashaw i think D- dillashaw needs a fight there's not really much for him in the division deserves another title fight because he was the former champion and i thought he was a hell of a champion back when he had the title they like calling him the juice guy and blah blah blah, blah, blah. give him the fight be a fun fight I'm not certain. I think Aljamain Sterling's so unbelievable that he's just going to beat everybody. I think Dillashaw's live in a fight with him. Aljo wants to fight. It's a little bit fresher, something new. Let's do it. Let's do that. And then I'd like to see Peter Jan versus Devash Feely at 135 pounds. He's a training partner of Aljamain Sterling. There was a lot of talk between this camp and your camp and this and that. And, and I think Jan needs to bounce back. If he was to go out there and win over a friend and training partner of Aljo, helps the storyline, helps them get back into that third fight. I think we all want to see the third fight. With something fresh, and then Aljamain Sterling gets to go out there and fight TJ Dillashaw, which is another excellent fight. And then, uh and then hopefully, you know, they meet up again down the road. And then for Marab, like, dude, if Aljo can you know, create enough of a takedown to put this guy in bad position, and then ground him and then you know, grapple him from bad positions, hey, man, Marab can wrestle with anybody on any given night. You know, the guy's just an absolute beast of a man. And uh Peter Jan, I think he's as built as advertised. Like, I think he probably stops more often than not, and then lands those strikes standing, but. What can you do, dude? MMA is a bitch. But I'll tell you why it's the best sport in the world. Because boxing is just like, oh, you can't outbox a guy. You're screwed, right? right? Jiu-jitsu, it's like, yeah, the guy's got better jiu-jitsu than you. yeah, You're screwed, right? Wrestling, oh, the guy's just such a beast. Yeah, can't wrestle. MMA is just so beautiful because like you can just figure out that one path where it's like, yeah, this guy kicked my ass standing. And yeah, I can't wrestle with him. But I'm just going to pull guard like Kenzie Darren. You know, there's always a way. There's always a way. You just got to be smart enough to find the way. This was the way. I knew it was possible. I still took Yawn, So, anyways, Volkanovsky, Volkanovsky inside the distance would have been a great way, would have been a great read to end the night. It was just such a bad night. Oh my God. But anyways, Volkanovsky looked the goods. He was obviously the most confident guy that anybody had. Because <clears throat> again, we talked about this. Yawn, there was ah, a slow starter, usually gives up rounds. He got out struck by Corey Sandhagen in four of the five rounds. So he's not the most volume. There's things that you didn't love, right? Chemaya, i never really seen him get caught clean. I've never seen him have to fight in a second or a third round. There's things he didn't love. Volkanovski, complete package. You've seen it all. You've seen it all. You've seen him get hit. You've seen him get tagged. You've seen him drop rounds. You've seen him make the adjustments. He's got excellent striking. He's got excellent wrestling. He's got excellent cardio. He's got excellent resilience. I will admit, uh, he did look short in there. Like I know he's talking about a move to 55, I think the guy's so talented, he could do whatever he pleases. And I know he used to be a rugby player, like 210 pounds. I'm sure the frame could could handle the extra weight. But he was coming up short on a lot of the shots against Korean Zombie early. And then it's two and a half minutes into the first round, and Zombie's face looks wrecked. And mind you, Volkanovsky is missing a lot of his shots. But this guy has some power, boy. Maybe not the kind of power that's just going to shut the lights off right away and just knock you completely unconscious but the kind of power that like, you feel it when he hits you, and it leaves visible damage. And Brian Ortega took an absolutely life-changing beating. And I think we all got the impression that Korean Zombie was in for a pretty big beating himself, but that's why they called him the zombie. He'd been in these spots before. Maybe he can take it. But With Volkanovsky, even if you can take it, it's that he's not going anywhere. He's not just going to suddenly stop. He's not suddenly just going to get tired and be like, nah, I'm going to stop doing this. It's just like a consecutive beating over and over. I think they did a good job of monitoring the situation the the fight went, that Zombie's not going to quit. Zombie's corner is willing to let him die tonight, so they're not going to quit for him. <clears throat> well, If he takes too many clean shots, like at some point you're just going to have to stop it. Again, his face just progressively got worse and worse. He landed a couple shots here and there, but at no point was he ever in the fight. He just took a sustained beating into the fourth round and they eventually stopped it while he's still on his feet. He can't complain about the stoppage because it wasn't getting any better. And I get the idea of you know, letting these people go out on their shields and, and and letting them fight on. But, like, the guy's had a long career. He's 35 years old, I believe. There's still some more fun fights for him. He can still go out there and beat a vast majority of this division and headline some fight night cards and not make a title run, but be within the division, right, have some relevance. Or you can let the guy fight for another seven minutes and maybe never be the same because – Fulkanowski had it set in his mind. I'm an eight to one favorite. I'm fighting the number five guy in the world. I need to put a statement on it. I need to have a finish. So he was going to go hard the entire time till he got it. And zombie was not going to crumple over perhaps because his heart's just too damn big. So good call by the referee. But uh, yeah, again, what is this? This is is one one small victory in an absolute, landmine card so got blown up pretty bad not the result that we wanted um especially because it's a big ufc ufc 273 pay-per-view it's pay-per-view it's action people love the big fights get involved i know a couple people have reached out to be like oh well you got screwed because of the peter yawn situation but i didn't i didn't it was a close fight it was a greasy fight there was just no other spots that i like more than that one um well i mean yeah volkanovsky those guys should have all came through didn't uh but i think yeah did they mention at the top of the broadcast somebody put 200 grand on that as a parlay <laughs> hope they weren't tailing me i got my ass kicked pretty good but 200 grand like y- you'd have to be in vegas no online sportsbook would take that no online sportsbook would take a two hundred thousand dollar bet i'm pretty certain of that uh you'd have to be on the strip and walk into a casino and place it down and at that point, they would have given you like minus 170 odds, minus 175 odds. So, like, wasn't even that good of a bet. You know, I think I'm probably still going to walk away with 125 grand, but <laughs> uh, I can't laugh. I can't laugh. I got crushed too. And if you're watching this and you got crushed as well, which we're probably all in the same boat, yeah, that just sucks, man. It sucks. Luckily for us, right? And I'm not going to say luckily for us, there's another UFC next weekend. Luckily for us, there's a Bellator next weekend, right? Right. We've had better results at the Bellator a lot of the time. Hopefully they can get us going back. So anyways, I hope this one wasn't so bad. You know, wish it was definitely a a lot happier of a recap. But uh, again, these things are going to happen. Right. You're going to have some bad nights and you might even hit a cold streak. where you are going to have a few bad nights. I'm hoping this is not the case. I'm going to hit that shoe with Paul on Wednesday, hopefully clear the bad juju in the air and then hopefully get back to our profitable ways. But regardless, the fights were good, so we're fight fans. It was a good night, right? Anyways, catch you guys later. Good luck.